Hello, how are y'all? Hey. If you didn't get a handout, go and get one and a pen because you're going to need it. I'm going to have you write down some verses that I want you to look at this week. This week, we're in week two of addiction, and we're going to be looking at approval addiction, something that we don't really think about. We think about addictions a lot of times as being drugs, alcohol. We may think of gambling, pornography, video games, food. The list can go on and on, but we seldom hear about approval addiction. We hear the word approval, but do we think we're really addicted to it? This is when we rely on others to give us our self-worth and our value. When we seek approval of others, it causes us to fear rejection. We worry that people are not going to um, accept us for who we are, that they're going to reject us. It causes us to fear judgment, and it causes us to fear disapproval, that people aren't going to approve of who we are. And this gets to the point that what, we, that what they think of us, what other people think of us, becomes more important than what God thinks of us or what we think of ourselves. So over time, we become addicted to gaining approval so much that it gives other people the power to define who we are the power to make decisions for how we need to do things, how we should live, what decisions we should make. Like any other addiction, it affects all facets of our life because it begins to consume and control us. This right here is a good example, right? And I'm talking to myself as well as any of you. It begins to consume and control us. It controls how we see ourselves. It controls choices that we make and things that we do, and it can be very costly. It leads us to do things that we know are not right, and it leads us to sin, to go against what God says that we should be doing. So I want you to write this down on your notes. What is approval? Approval is the belief that someone or something is good or acceptable. The belief that someone or something is good or acceptable. It's passing inspection in the eyes of a significant other. Someone who we think is important enough to inspect us and say, you pass, you're good enough. Someone I want to please actually finds me pleasing. That's what that means. That's what approval means. We seek it because it's actually part of God's original design in us. When God created us, he created us for a desire to have relationships and a longing for approval with those that we have relationships with. The problem is God put that in us so we would have a desire to have a relationship and seek approval from him. But when sin entered the world through Adam and Eve and separated us from God, we tend to seek relationships and approval from others first and then God last. So because of sin, it's flipped. We worry more about what others think than we worry about what God thinks. 
Solomon, who was the wisest man to have ever lived, said in Ecclesiastes 4.4. So all you have to do is write down Ecclesiastes 4.4. Solomon said, I have seen that all toil and all achievement spring from one's envy of another. And then he went on to say in Ecclesiastes, this too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. So when we toil, when we make achievements, when we do things, sometimes it's from our envy of another person. We want to be like that person. We want to look like that person. We want to fit into that group. We want that boy to like us. We want that girl to like us. And it's in Sol uh, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes that that's like chasing the wind. If you chase the wind, you can't catch it, right? It's meaningless. You're putting effort into something that you can't accomplish. So then we must ask ourselves, and this is what I want you to always ask yourself, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Why am I posting the things I'm posting? Why am I dressing the way I'm dressing? Why am I looking at what I'm looking at? Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Many times it's because we're envious of what others have or what others look like. Sometimes we're trying to find happiness by fitting in to a certain group that we want to fit into, making decisions based on what others say is right instead of what God says is right. Ask yourself this, are you seeking approval or validation of your feelings, opinions, and choices even if it causes you to live outside the will of God? Even when you know that God wants you to go this path, are you going to choose this path so that you can be validated and accepted by another person, another group? Um, sometimes we're trying to maintain, to maintain an image. We want people to think that we're something that a lot of times we're really not. I can go on social media and I can look like a person that you all would know that's not Mama Lynn. You know, I could make myself, I can use a filter and make myself look a certain way. I can make myself do a certain thing. And because y'all know me, you would be like, that's not who she really is. But I can make myself look a certain way or maintain an image. Sometimes we perform a certain way in order to gain approval from other people. But when we do this, the problem with it is we miss out on true happiness because we're not living the way that God wants us to live. We're not being the person that God created us to be. We're being someone else in order to gain approval from other people. And when this happens, a lot of times what we don't understand and what we don't think about is what happens when the people whose opinions you've put so much stock in suddenly change. Because those of us in this room who are older, we can tell you that people are going to change. You're going to change. You are not today who you're going to be 10 years from now. So you're putting stock in opinions of people who they're going to grow, they're going to age, hopefully they're going to change in positive ways than what you know them as today. They're going to have life-altering experiences that's going to cause them to change. 
Or maybe you're going to be the one who changes. Maybe as you grow older and have life-altering experiences, you're going to be the one to change, and then you're not going to have their approval anymore because you're no longer who they want you to be. We tend to chase trends, habits, goals, hobbies, all of which will change and fade as we grow up. When you go to small group, ask your leaders if they remember a day that, and maybe they're younger than me and they remember something different, but I remember when girls had to wear Gloria Vanderbilt pants. If you didn't wear Gloria Vanderbilt pants, then you were nothing. Or maybe it was some other type of pants. I remember Azad shirts. I remember members-only jackets. You had to have this, a certain color, and you had to look a certain way, and you had to have a certain shoe. We look back now, and now it's like that was silly. And probably most of you in this room, if you go and Google that stuff, you're going to look at it and say, that is the dumbest-looking clothes I have ever seen in my life. But it was cool to us, and it was cool back then. So the, the fads and all of that, the trends, the habits, the goals, all of that change as you grow up. People whose approval I once sought, I don't even know where they are now. There's some people that I still have relationships with from high school, but most of those people, I couldn't tell you where they are or what they're doing. A funny story I had forgotten about, but I was thinking about it when I was talking to Jill a while ago, is my sister and I, my sister's eight years younger than me, and we were talking about high school last week. She, was, she lives in Alaska. She was visiting, and she started scrolling through Facebook, and she was showing me pictures of, of men that she dated in high school or that she had a crush on in high school. And we were laughing because those people look nothing like what they looked like to her in high school. Now they're bald, now they're gray, now they've gained weight, now whatever. And I'm sure that these guys probably look at girls and they're like, that's not what she looked like when I liked her. But over time you change and it doesn't even matter what you looked like back in high school. It actually, it wears you out trying to keep up with everyone and keeping up that appearance for approval. Write this verse down, Hebrews 13, 8, says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. The difference in Jesus and man is that he doesn't change. He never changes his mind on your value. He never looks at you and says, oh, wow, you're not valuable to me anymore because now you, do, you look a different way or you do a different thing. He never changes his mind on our value. His ways never change. What God said in, in Genesis in the Bible is still true today and will be true forever. Because of that, we can trust him. He doesn't come and go. We have people in our lives who come and go, right? And maybe it's a parent, maybe it's friends, but we have people who come and go. God is not going to do that. And here's the wonderful thing that amazes me, is he doesn't drop us when we mess up. You ever had a friend, you messed up, you knew you messed up, you went back and apologized, and that friend said, I just really don't care about being friends anymore. I'm done. 
I've had people like that. God will never do you that way. He loves us even when we mess up. So many times what we're doing is not bad. Is social media bad in itself? Not necessarily. But we need to think about why are we doing it? There's a difference between doing something or receiving a compliment and letting it define who you are. There's a difference between taking care of your body and finding validation in how impressed people are with your biceps. There's a difference between sharing your life with others on social media and refreshing to see who approves it or define yourself by others' comments. That's when it becomes an issue. It becomes an issue when we're putting things that we shouldn't be putting, and we know we shouldn't be putting it. We know that God wouldn't want us putting it, but we put it anyway because we want validation from other people for how we look or things that we're doing. So here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to allow your feeling of self-worth to come from getting attention from other people. It should come from God. Don't believe that disapproval or rejection from others means that you're not good enough. Because to be honest with you, if you're living for God, guess what? You're going to face disapproval and rejection from others. So you need to just know that that is going to come if you're following God. And then don't make others responsible for your feelings or the decisions that you make. You need to base all of that on God. So instead of that, you need to set boundaries. In everything you do, ask yourself, does it line up with what God says? Not what is she going to think about it? What is he going to think about it? What are they going to think about it? What is God going to think about it? So here's some verses that I want you to write down, just the verses, and then you can go back and look at them later. We need to learn to see ourselves as God sees us. And there's a lot of verses in the Bible that tell you that you should see yourself as God sees you instead of how man sees you. Ephesians 1, 4 through 8 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Let's stop there. One, God chose you. And he didn't just choose you, but he chose you to be holy and blameless. So we need to be careful with what we're putting on social media, decisions that we're making. In love, he predestined us for adoption to, son, um, to sonship. In love, that means he loves us and he calls us his children through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. God has given us grace. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. So we know from these verses that he chose us, he loves us, he adopted us, and he has given us grace, redemption, and forgiveness through Jesus. Genesis 1.27, write that down. 
It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God created us in his image. Romans 8, 38 through 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the pre present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What can separate us from God? Nothing. Nothing can change his love for us. In Jeremiah 29:11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. He has plans for you. He gives you a hope and he gives you a future. No one else can do that. God's the only one who can do that. And because of this, we know that we were created for a purpose. Each of you in this room was created by God for a purpose. You were created to be who you are and for a purpose. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's handiwork. You are God's handiwork. So how do we seek God's approval instead of man? One, we have to listen to God. You have to listen to God. In order to listen to someone, you have to take away the noise, right? If I had have in headphones and I have music playing and my children come up to talk to me, I'm not going to hear what they're saying because I have a bunch of noise going on in my ears. So we need to get rid of the noise. We need to spend time in prayer and Bible study. That may mean getting off social media for a while or saying no when someone invites you to go and do something. God does put people in our lives for us to listen and pay attention to. Hopefully some of these people in this room are people that God has placed in your life and you know that you can listen to them and pay attention to them. We weren't created to live in a bubble. We were created for relationships. But we need to make sure that we are following the people who are following God and seeking Him for direction. So make sure that you're hanging out with the right people. Make sure that you are getting approval from the right people. God first and then the right people. Remember that God's ways are opposite of the world's ways. So if you want to follow Jesus, it's guaranteed, 100%, you're going to have to draw a line in the sand sometimes and determine, is this what God wants me to do? Is this where I'm going to gain God's approval? Or is this where I'm going to gain man's? If not, you're going to be in constant conflict of trying to decide, am I obeying God or am I going to do what the world tells me to do? So what do we do? We build our foundation on Jesus and who he's made us to be, and then we'll know that we'll always have the right filter to weigh the endless feedback that life throws our way. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I have a million tabs in my head open and I feel like I'm being told to do a million different things, and it becomes a bunch of noise. And so I need to make sure that everything that I'm filtering through in my life is going along with what God says. I want you to write this down, because I want you to remember this. Hang it somewhere in your room, in your house. People may validate what you do, 
but Christ validates who you are. People may validate what you do, but Christ is who validates who you are. Until you can accept and see for yourself, see yourself as God does, no amount of approval from others will ever be enough to keep you secure. You're going to find yourself continually trying to please other people, and it's never enough. It's like the wind. It's like trying to catch the wind, and you can't do it. And then when you do feel like you, you have done something pleasing to one person, there's going to be someone else over here who's not pleased with that. Or then you've got to figure out, okay, now I please them this much, now how can I please them this much? And it's just this never-ending game that you can't win. So we need to remember it's not about us. And this is what I want y'all to remember. This is what I feel like teenagers struggle with. I feel like I struggle with it sometimes. It's not about us. We should always seek everything that we do should be increasing our influence with others and our only focus should be showing the worth of Jesus, not us. Nothing that we do, nothing that we post, no decision that we make should be about us. It should always be pointing others to Jesus. In Matthew 5:16, Jesus said, Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father. Not glory to me, not glory to you, but glory to your Father who is in heaven. Bring others to see the glory of God through your actions. That should be what you want to do in everything that you do. Am I doing what I'm doing to bring glory to myself or am I doing it to bring glory to God? Is it to be known? Am I doing what I'm doing to be known, to make myself known? Do I want 15 minutes of fame? Am I trying to gain approval of certain people or am I trying to show the way to Jesus? Why am I doing what I'm doing? So I want you to think this week, I want you to think about as you go in small group, we're going to get ready and watch a, a short video for a minute. I want you to be sure in all things that you're seeking God's approval and that your goal is to always give him the glory in every relationship that he gives you Every opportunity that he gives you, are you seeking God's approval and to bring him glory? We're going to watch a short video. I posted it not long ago. It's by Priscilla Shirer. I think I pronounced that right. But she is the daughter of Tony Evans, who is a well-known pastor. And then she's a speaker, and she's been in some movies and things. But this hit home with me, and I want you all to watch this, and then we will pray and go to small group. There is no lifestyle you are living that is too, uh, that you're too wound up in, that you can't break free from no matter how you feel. In this moment, you can walk in holiness. There is no way you have been speaking, no addiction that you have, no habit that you have been festering in your life, that you have been harboring in your life, that the Holy Spirit won't empower you to break free from so that you can walk underneath the banner, the favor of holiness in your life. Be ye holy. Y'all listen. Listen. Back in our grandmama and our grandparents' days, <laughs> great-grandparents, they wanted to honor God more than they wanted to impress people. 
See, the problem with Instagram and Twitter and social media, if there's a problem, y'all, the problem is we want this. We want to be impressive. And if I'm worried for our generation, it is that we are impressive, but we don't have breastplates on. It is that we have the applause of people and our selfies are perfectly lit and we have a whole bunch of friends and a whole bunch of Instagram likes and people are following us and the enemy is thrilled because we have sacrificed holiness on the altar of impressing people. You got to live for the applause of heaven. You got to decide, I will not be politically correct before I will choose to be holy. I will not be impressive before I will choose to be holy. I may not be the, the, the person that everybody wants to be around. I may not be the most impressive, but what I will be is holy. Because a time is coming, y'all, where we are going to see our Savior face to face. And when we see him, he will not ask us how many Instagram followers we had. He will not ask us how many friends liked our post. He will not want to see the selfies that we took. When we see him face to face, he's going to ask us, did we do business with his son, Jesus Christ? And then, and then we're going to give an account. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm looking for well done. I want a well done. I want Jesus to look at me and say, you did the thing, girl. Not because they bought the books, they bought the Bible study, they saw the movie. No, you did the thing because you honored me. Whether with an audience of one or an audience of 30,000, you honored me. I came to tell you, brothers and sisters, walk with integrity. Be in the dark who you are in the light. I want y'all to know, and I just felt the need to say this while I was standing over there. Like, I hope that y'all know that I love y'all. And this hits home with me because y'all are living in a time where you are hit so hard by so many different things. You know what your friends are doing every second of the day. You're able to look at things that you shouldn't be able to look at just with a click of a button. You're able to do so many other things that we were not able to do. I'm thankful that I didn't have social media because it, it might would have changed the, way, the course of my life and some decisions that I made. Not that I made perfect decisions all the time, but I'm sure that it would have made a difference. And so I just want y'all to know that I say this with love, that y'all really need to put away this stuff. Not that it's bad. Social media is not, it doesn't have to be a bad thing, but be willing to put it aside and focus on Jesus and focus on your relationships that he's given you in your life. I had some friends in high school, they would get together, and I wasn't a Christian, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, but they would get together, and they were my friends, and they would read Bob, their Bibles on, 
um, certain days of the week in the morning and they never invited me to come, don't be that person. You shine a light and you show others that you are in school with that who Jesus is. I tell Andrew all the time and he picks on me because I'm like, you have been placed here for a reason. You have been placed in this school to be a shining light to others who may not see Jesus any other way. So y'all go and be that light this week. We're going to pray and we're going to go to small group. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for each student that's here. And I pray that you would just help them to make opportunities to reach others for you, to be a shining light for you in their schools. And sometimes that means that they're not going to get people's approval. Sometimes that means that they're not going to be the most popular in the school. I pray that you'd help them to make choices that would lead them to you, that would be um, approved by you, that would be the way that you would want them to live. And I pray that you would just help us to um, have a great school year and help us to be the salt and light within our schools or within any aspect of our life. For it's in your name that we pray. Amen.